Um, yes. So what I was saying is what you see on TV is not how it was filmed at all. So um, everything was shot um, in terms of the competition setting in under two weeks. So anything that you saw that was the same event, that was all shot on the same day. Um, except for the Mount Olympus stuff that was separate. And so that's a question I've gotten a lot too is, well, it's not fair that, you know, some people get to rest on the day that they Olympus and other people have to do it right after doing two events. And that's not the case. Mount Olympus was on a separate day um, or separate days. So... Hi, my name is Scott Switzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am your host and I am the Clydesdale. I have, we like to do fitness and these are my friends. friends. So Hi. we are almost done with this nutrition challenge. I do have to say, um, even though we're almost done, I feel like it's becoming a habit. Good. Yeah. You know, like, like I miss my protein oatmeal at night if I don't get it or, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's starting to get into that like comfort level where that's just the way I want to be. That's great. And that's the whole purpose, right? Like that's for sustainability and consistency. It's making new habits, creating new habits. And feeling like a winner doesn't hurt at all either. No, you know. That, what do you feel? Okay. I, going down are you winning really actually i mean we were winning pretty big last week when we announced the scores right well you know i mean you were at 420 so was charlie a double 420 i know um and you guys i mean cat was at 411 and you were kind of you had that vacation that well, stunted yeah but that was the minus that was the alcohol yeah it's fine i'm sleeping like a champ i'm getting those 10 i'm racking up those 10 points it's, Gosh, it's gonna be close I, am, I got another negative today on the sleep i I do not know what's going on there. I think, I think my mind is racing about a lot of things um, with the podcast kind of taking off and some other projects that we have in the works. Like my mind just wants to think about all that stuff at night and I've got to figure out how to let, let that go. Yeah. I feel like my um, week, my nutrition week, like as far as numbers are going to show 
meaning like on the scale and maybe my measurements, I feel like they are not going to be as good because I definitely feel like my cortisol levels are up from stress with work and things like that. But I'm still maintaining, you know, like I'm still on my plan and still following through and I feel really good. I'm just, I wouldn't be surprised if my numbers when I check tomorrow, if they don't match a big change. Is tomorrow your last check-in with moving the needle? Um, I don't think so. I think I have another week after that. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other piece of good news for me, well, I have two more pieces. I lost two more pounds. So, so I hit the 15 and then, um, I got cleared to lift lightweight as long as, as, as it stays close to my body. And what did you do today with that clearance? I I did a, a catalyst fitness wad 18, 15, 12, 9, 8, 6, 3 of hang cleans and back squats with a 40 pound sandbag. So I could keep it it close to the, the, and I got to use my brand new rogue sandbag for the first time, which was really cool. Did you hit your face? I did. (laughs) For uh, (laughs) testing, I pulled it so hard, it just whapped me in the face. Uh, Instead of getting that good like rack and catching it, kind of you know yeah yeah it was too light clearly yeah Love but it. the That's doctor great. doesn't want me he just like he goes because i just had a second cortisone shock last week he's like you could feel good because that is keeping the inflammation down mm-hmm. and you don't want to overexert it like we're this is like a testing week is basically mm-hmm. so he wants me to do like some elevated push-ups to see if my pet can handle that mm-hmm. uh things cool. like that Nice. So, we'll but be I'm, gentle, but, but that's great. Yeah. Well, Kat, do you have anything to add for the nutrition? How's yours going? Um, so I'm not necessarily doing great hitting my numbers. I, I texted Amy last night with a horrific evening of numbers because I might have had four drumsticks um, last night. Um, the ice cream drumsticks? Yes, the ice cream drumsticks. <laughs> Four. Thank you. Well, yeah, because one is like, you know, you have one, and you're like, all right, that was like half a scoop of ice cream. What the hell? And then I had a second one. And then I'm pretty sure. I might have had four. I had three or four. I remember sneaking the last one and being like in the dining room and Chris walked by and he's like, Are you seriously having another one? And I was like, Don't judge. Go away. Don't look at me. <laughs> Did you lose count because um, you went into a sugar coma or? Maybe. I don't think that's possible, <laughs> <laughs> but they were delicious. Um, but it's funny because I have been trying to, I weigh like 155 pounds and I am five, two, maybe. So that's a, like a lot of pounds and I'm super muscular. And I always say like, I'm on a constant bulk, like I'm always bulking. Um, but I will tell you, it's funny. I tried on a pair of size four shorts this morning and they fit. So it's like things are definitely changing and they have been over the, you know, the course of the last couple of years. Cause I've been at this weight for a while now, but I just feel different at this weight. Like I've been at this weight before and felt really gross yeah. and I I'm at this weight now and I don't feel gross. So it's for me, it's really not all about the scale, even though that's like the most sort of concrete thing you can look at. Um, and I definitely think like my body's changing. It's, it's really more about how I feel and totally. how comfortable I am in my clothes. And I feel very comfortable in my clothes. So I'm okay with that. 
Yeah. I'm, that's totally how I feel. It's to me, it's not about the numbers. That's why I'm not worried if I'm not showing a big change tomorrow mm-hmm. because I know I'm doing the work um, and I feel better. And that to me is more important than what the scale shows. So, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I first lost all the weight, like I lost it really fast. I, I don't, that doesn't happen for me anymore. Mm-hmm. So I have to just be, and probably back then I didn't have the muscle structure I have today. So it's, I think it's harder to get the fat loss going, but, um, but yeah, so I, I have to stay confident that I'm hitting my macros like every night. Like I'm, I'm hitting them like five out of seven nights almost like dead on. And so I just have to say, I'm doing what I need to do. I feel great. I feel like I have more energy than I had before all this started. Um, and yeah, two, a pound or two a week is good. Right. That's Yes. So we um, reached out to a former guest who was asked to come on the Titan Games. She tried out, made it, uh, Kelly Stone. And Kat and I actually sat down with her a couple nights ago to just get a behind-the-scenes look at what things are like on the Titan Games. Um, And I think you're going to enjoy it. I do have to say we had a little bit of a stream issue. Uh, Kelly's Wi-Fi was cutting out here and there. Uh, but we did find a good location to kind of end the interview on where it was really a good, good stream and it ends up being really good. There's probably only two questions where there's a little bit of a, a bobble on her answer because of the stream. Uh, but with that, let's go to that interview with Kelly and find out what it was like to be on NBC's The Titan Games. Hello. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. All right. <laughs> awesome. How's it going? Going great. So glad you could jump on with us. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a little bit. A lot's happened since. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it was only April, but it feels like 18 years ago. No, that does seem like a really long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I now have new co-hosts. Uh, my co-host Kat is with me. Uh, Hi, so Kelly. I can see her. Oh, awesome. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And last time we did this all by phone. So you're just, you just an audio. <laughs> I love it. I love the update. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. You, you were on in April. We talked about all of the stuff that was going on with you then. And so we just wanted to catch up with you. And a lot has happened since April yep. uh, to kind of catch up on all that too. So yeah. um, let's just start with how are you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there. It has been a crazy couple months. Things have really picked up for me, really in the last month or so, but lots of exciting stuff. So just uh, trying to keep my head on <laughs> as I yeah. get through. All good stuff. And when we talked to you last, you had kind of talked to us that uh, you were going to focus more on an individual athlete in the CrossFit world and do some sanctionals as an individual athlete. And then COVID hits and all the sanctionals go away. Yeah, that was unfortunate. You know, I was hoping to, you know, attend at least a couple more. Um, I was supposed to go to Asbury Park and um, Mac in DC. And so both of those were canceled, which was unfortunate. So, you know, it's been an interesting time for me because, you know, the good thing is, I guess, is I love to train regardless. So 
my biggest focus is just kind of shifting from, you know, competitive season mindset to more of an off season mindset, because realistically, I may not compete again until, I don't know, could be six months, could be eight months, we don't really know. So it makes it hard to plan, um, which is a little bit stressful, but just trying to enjoy myself, you know, not go too crazy in the gym, but just work on some weaknesses, make sure I'm enjoying myself and I'm burning myself out. So that's been my kind of focus. So Colorado shut down their gyms for a while, right? They did. Yep. Um, I think we were a good, good couple months, two to three months that they were shut down. So you were doing a lot of at-home workouts and kind of putting them out on social media for people to see and, and follow along. Yep. Yeah. You know, it was a fun, I don't know if fun's the right word, but it was a cool time for me because you know, I got to spend more time at home, which means that I feel like I really got to spend some time, you know, developing content, you know, connecting with people on social media. And that was something that I hadn't really prioritized prior to COVID. So I feel like that was one of the unique, um, really good things that came out of COVID and being stuck at home so much by myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate to get my hands on some pretty decent equipment early on. So I was definitely luckier than most in that regard, but just tried my best to post a lot of stuff, um, you know, bodyweight workouts, weight training workouts, um, and really just to try to motivate people to get up and move regardless of what that meant for people. I know it's easy to kind of get in that mindset of like, well, I can't go to the gym, so I might as well just not do anything. And I'm always of the opinion that you should always get up and move no matter what, and you'll feel better after you do it. So um, it was, I guess my hope in sharing all of those things were to get other people up and moving too. Yeah. And so you, you actually have a garage gym. I do. <laughs> and, and you have, you, you use your sidewalk a lot, which was, was, was interesting. And then you have a pull-up bar. Is that in your kitchen? So it started in my kitchen. And the funniest thing about this pull-up bar is I've probably had that thing for like 15 years. I bought it at Ross for like $20 on a whim and it sat under my bed for years and years. And I probably almost threw it away like 10 or 12 times, but like, I'm kind of a pack rat. So it was like, no, I can't take, you know, I can't possibly get rid of that. And then COVID hits and I was like, ding, ding, ding. I remember what I have. And that thing has come in handy so much. I've used it, you know, nonstop the last three, four months. So, so, um, yeah, very fortunate to have that. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of, you know, kitchen garage workouts. I feel like my, my stairs out, um, outside the front of my house became uh, pretty famous over COVID. <laughs> it was like the ongoing joke about stoop fit, you know, like getting, uh, doing all my fitness by the stairs, but yeah, lots of that. <laughs> what was incredible is you, you were showing people how they could use different things in their house. You use your steps. Uh, as do, using it for an incline on push-ups or um, things yep. like that. And then the, I think you're the only person I saw to actually do workouts in their kitchen. <laughs> yeah, because we had some snowy days. And so I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. So just, you know, make do. And I guess, you know, it's one of those things where I love to work out so much. It's, it's a necessity for me. It, it's the one thing in my life that always makes me feel better. So I will find a way to work out no matter what. And so, you know, I just like to share those things and just show other people like things may not be the perfect scenario all the time, but you know, you can either just get through it and make it work or, you know, just sit and not do anything, but you may not be happy on the other side, you know, coming out of it. So. <laughs> so gyms are open now. Uh, yes. Do they require masks in the gyms in Colorado? Yes. So they opened, we've been open for a couple months now and just within the last two weeks, um, because cases have started to 
and they passed a state that masks are required in all public places, including gyms. Um, the thing that's been interesting about it is some counties are choosing not to enforce it. So, you know, I'm in Denver County for, you know, our gym. And so they seem to be pretty strict and we don't want to risk our gym getting shut down. So we've been abiding by it. But I know that there are lots of other people in the state who are not necessarily abiding by it in their gym. Um, but it's one of those things like, does it suck? Yes. Like I have yet to find a mask that's comfortable to work out in, especially CrossFit. You feel like you're sucking it in constantly. Um, but I would rather have to work out like that than not be able to be in the gym at all. So just kind of doing the best we can and, you know, trying to incorporate some outdoor stuff too. So I don't go too crazy, but yeah, unfortunately that's the case right now. In Ohio, we have to be distanced in the gym, but there's no mask requirement, uh, which is really nice. I, I don't know what I'd do with a mask on it. And I know that's a small price to pay with everything that's going on, but man, I, I breathe really heavy when I work out and that, that would be difficult. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things too, like we started with just that, um, you know, the social distancing thing. So we still have limited class sizes right now. You have your own, you know, six foot box that everyone stays in. We temperature check on the way in. So from my perspective, I don't really feel like it should be a requirement in a CrossFit gym with our type of setup. Um, you know, when I think about maybe like a Globo style gym where you have machines everywhere and you can't really keep people separate. I think that's the, probably the context where it actually makes sense but I think they just went across the board you know all gyms so do I really think it helps I don't know I feel like I touch my face more now than I ever did before so if there is COVID around I'm probably increasing my chances of getting it wearing a mask but that's just my opinion I don't know yeah. not fun so on our last episode two we learned that you're a doctor of physical therapy and so how yep. has that been affected by COVID yeah, so that's been interesting. Um, so I'm not sure if I talked, I think I did talk about last time how I work in two settings PT wise. So, right. you know, I did um, in January start my own small business. So seeing that's more orthopedic patients such generally of as people hold over COVID, you know. Um, but the other um, big group of people that I work with is pediatrics. And so normally I do home care. So I actually go to their house, I engage with them and their families. And so I was fortunate to work for a very large company here in telemedicine within like a two day. So it was like when on Friday in the homes and as of Monday, we were doing all telemedicine and that our um, company owners worked really diligently with you know, legislation to make sure that we could still be, you know, getting paid for these visits and have all the same um, types of things happen. So, you know, it's been an adjustment for sure. It's, you know, easy to, you know, like I sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to be able to like show you how to do it and interact with your child. And of course, miss being around all these kids all the time. Um, but I will say that it's forced me, I think, to be a better therapist because I have to be very clear in my instructions to parents. And a lot of what I do in that job setting is to educate parents on how to care for their children. And so I feel like in some regards, it's been really effective because it forces them to be in the driver's seat. They really have to, in a lifetime, 
him show me how to do these skills. And so I think in that regard, we'll still use a lot of telemedicine and maybe have more of a kind of hybrid approach. So, yeah, some good, some bad, but I'm very thankful to have had a job throughout all of this. I keep joking that my bank account is actually looking better than normal because I've maintained a job and I'm not spending any money to go anywhere, especially to travel to CrossFit comps. So <laughs> I guess I should consider myself very fortunate. Uh, last time we had you on, um, I almost spilled the beans about something that was coming up uh, where I was doing some research and I found your submission video to the Titan Games. Yep. I remember when you asked me about that last time and I in my head was turning beet red because I'm like, don't ask me if I got on the show because I don't know if I can keep a secret. But I wasn't allowed to say anything. Yes, you were. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, it was a good thing we were audio only back then because you didn't even have to have a poker face. <laughs> yep, I know. I, I probably, if you would have seen me, I would have been like, oh no, what do I say? <laughs> so it came out shortly after that um, that you got chosen to be on the Titan Games. And we kind of talked about this through social media a little bit uh, when that happened uh, and how I almost messed it up. But <laughs> So I yeah. guess it's a really, really strong NDA that you guys are, can't talk about a lot of the stuff that goes on until after it's all done? Yes. This contract that we signed, it's like sign your life away type of stuff. Like if you say anything you're not supposed to before things come out, you can face up to a hundred thousand dollar fine and like legal proceedings. So yeah, it was kind of a big deal. We really were not allowed to share anything. And still to this point, like there are some things that we are not able to share. About okay. Experience, so, if we, ask you, yeah, if we ask you a question that you can't share, just let us know and we'll, we'll move on. So what was the overall experience like for you? Yeah. It honestly, it was an amazing experience. I, um, I'm not going to lie. It was a little disappointing. Um, I'm a competitor and I don't like to lose. So it was, you know, it was a bummer to go out in the first round and um, I, I have just like having to like watch the show over again was really hard for me because I was so disappointed and I feel like there were things that I could have done better, but I know that in the moment I did the best that I could. Um, but honestly, the best experience, the best part of the experience overall was just getting the cast everywhere that I will have for the rest of my life. And so I'm so fortunate for that experience. So I have a couple follow-ups to that and Kat jump in wherever. Cause I know you've been watching the, the thing too. Yeah. Um, were all the regions kept in the same area? Like, did you compete in the same arena, even though you're in separate regions? Yes. Yeah, so I will say that it was not filmed at all the way that it was shown on the show. So anytime you see the same obstacle, so um, I'm guessing that you were talking about the set and perhaps maybe what Kelly meant to say or that she did say we couldn't hear um, was that when the set was set up for those certain different obstacles, like the ones where you're pulling the stone and doing everything else, I'm guessing those were all probably filmed within the same series of days so that the, they weren't setting up that obstacle and then redoing it for the next thing. Um, Let's see if we can get her back here to talk, confirm about that. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Yep. Okay. 
Um, yes. So what I was saying is what you see on TV is not how it was filmed at all. So um, everything was shot um, in terms of the competition setting in under two weeks. So anything that you saw that was the same event, that was all shot on the same day. Um, except for the Mount Olympus stuff that was separate. And so that's a question I've gotten a lot too is, well, it's not fair that, you know, some people get to rest on the day that they Olympus and other people have to do it right after doing two events. And that's not the case. Mount Olympus was on a separate day um, or separate days. So yes. Um, and what was it? Yeah, so um, all the Mount Olympus was separate. And so even though, you know, you may see like the different regions spread, you know, three, four weeks apart, we all competed on the same day. So um, yeah, it was just kind of interesting seeing the behind the scenes of how it was filmed and then how they actually put it on TV. Um, we do, you know, both of your um, initial two events, you do do on the same day, a couple hours apart. Um, but the other thing too, is if you had a tiebreaker event, that was also a separate day. So it was more spread out than I think people realize watching this show. And did you have real long days of, of filming? Like I've heard from other folks that, you know, that was kind of brutal trying to maintain your diet and your exercise and sort of your normal regime into, you know, these crazy schedules of these yep. spurts of workouts. Yeah, so I'm not gonna lie, it was a really stressful time. Um, for me, you know, it all happened so fast where we had gone, um, flown to California in January for the sports combine, which is essentially where they kind of get their last look at you. They had 30 women, 30 men that were part of that. And so you do all these sports events and they basically rank you based off of that. Although we never get to see the results, but they use that coupled with meeting you in person, your interviews and everything up to that point to pick there 18 um, women 18 men for the show um, so that was the end of January and then within I think it was maybe 10 days later we flew down to Atlanta and so for me that was gonna be right before Wadapalooza so you know it was one of those things where I feel like it's kind of a blessing in disguise because if I had stayed the entire time I would have flown back to Denver and then left for Miami two days later and to be honest I'm not sure what state I would have been in going into Wadapalooza because when you're there um, like the first week or so was all just studio time and you know you guys probably on TV see about five percent of what we actually filmed so we would have many days where you're in the studio for 10-12 hours and maybe actually working you know or being filmed for 30 minutes of that um, but it's a lot of waiting around it's a lot of you know interviews and interviews that they just end up cutting and shortening down so you just never really know um, but yeah it was hard if you were in the studio it was really hard to make it to the gym at all um, we did have off days where I tried to get in some good training but it was just that like sense of an ease the whole time because you don't know I don't think we found out until maybe a day or two before we were actually competing so you're like trying to manage how do I like not get out of shape and maintain training but also I don't want to be really sore if when I have to compete so it's kind of a mind game you're just trying to do that all um and then the other funny thing is we were in a hotel with um you know, no kitchen or anything. So I remember like frantically calling my nutrition coach at the time and being like, what do I buy? I have a mini fridge and a microwave and that's about it. And so, you know, you just kind of had to make do and do the best you can and <laughs> try to maintain the, like manage the stress as best as possible, I guess. And so when you did each of the events, you know, sometimes they're cut down to like five minutes for TV. 
but like the one where you have to climb the ladder and you're 30 feet in the air and push yeah. the wall back and forth. I can't ever remember the names, but. Lunar impact, yeah. L- lunar, yeah. How long were you up there? So Margo and I were right around 10 minutes. So yeah, I think they showed like two and a half of it. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I had a lot of people that were like, oh, you almost had her. You just stood up at the end. And I'm in my head thinking like, you have no idea what it felt like. <laughs> Wall against Margo Alvarez for 10 minutes like <laughs> so yeah I mean and you know speaking of that you know I think it was I'm humbled that I was placed with her against her she's someone that I've looked up to for a long time and so you know just that they thought that I would be a good match for her it was really pretty cool um I would have loved the show of the structure of the show to be a little bit different where maybe we got another round so you, you know, I don't know maybe like an initial losers bracket that type of thing um because I think you know Margo as you've seen she's a very strong competitor on the show and you know, goes very far. So part of me is like, oh, I feel like if I hadn't been matched up with somebody else, you know, I could have gone on further, but what are you going to do? It's a, it's a competition. Yeah. I did the best good in the circumstances. It was my event to lose. I think I had a chance to win that one and I just made a bad judgment call. So. Yeah. I, um, that was actually going to be one of my questions is, you know, Margo, she dominated over everybody on Mount Olympus. Like it wasn't yep. even close. And that's who you draw round one, you know, right off the, the get-go. And, and she's, she's a tough competitor. And like you, you held your own on Lunar Impact, right? You're, you're going back and forth yeah. with that. Um, you, like you said, you just made a bad judgment call on the other event. Yep. And like it looked like, and this is my opinion, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it looked like you would have done really well against the other competitors that came after you guys. Uh, Cause yeah. they, they couldn't even like come close to Margo. So, yeah. so that what did that hurt a lot or how did they, or how did they come up with the matchup in the first place? <laughs> um, it did hurt. Yes. And I've had that same discussion in my, with, in my head a thousand times, you know, like, Oh, I feel like I deserve to like get a shot to go further. But um, the matchups were determined based on the combine results. So they matched us based off of, how we did in all these events. So we had like, you know, a max deadlift, a 40 yard sprint, max hang, VO2 max test, all of these different things. And some, so in some capacity, like they, they didn't design this to be a fair competition. That's what I will say. Like in my book, I would say, draw two names out of a hat, draw an event out of a hat, ready, go. Like that's where my brain works. But this is a TV show first. They were very clear about that from the get go that they had, full reign to do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. It was not designed to be a fair competition. So again, you just have to kind of deal with the cards that you're drawn. So, you know, they didn't want to end up with a scenario where someone was blown out of the water in an event. And so I think that's like why they, you know, match people the way that they did and why you find, um, like one of the things that I found funny is that just the way that the regions worked, they didn't really make any sense. So like I was paired with Margot you know, so I'm Denver, she's Vegas. Then you had um, uh, Naughty, who is paired with Danny Spiegel for Central. Danny lives in Florida, so how she ended up in Central is beyond me. Um, and then Naughty was in Arizona, which is further west than I am. So it was just like weird, some of those things. And, you know, Matt Chan, who also lives in Denver, was in the Central region and I was in West. So, you know, you just have to look at it as a TV show and not as, you know, a fair kind of thing. Um, 
but yeah, Margo's an, she's an amazing person. She's an amazing competitor. You know, I look back and, you know, watched her win the marathon row at the row at the games two years ago. And, you know, her stamina is just insane. She's, you know, cunning and smart and she has that competitive experience. And I, you can just see like, even when they announced the, uh, the wheel spinning one, you know, we didn't get to touch anything ahead of time. We had no idea how much anything weighed, you know? So when people, you know, you get people that are like, oh, well you should have done this and you should have done that. And I just challenge you to say, you go out there having seen it for the first time in that type of environment and just go for it. And you just do the best you can, you know? Yeah. There are things I wish I would have done differently, but in the moment I did what I thought was best and didn't pay off, but <laughs> What are you going to do? So because it was a TV show, it was, it was a cool experience. Would you do yep. it again? I would. I think so. I think I would try to, um, I would have a better mindset going into it, just kind of realizing it's a TV show and you just have to accept that it's not, it's not a fair competition and you know, is what it is. But, you know, like I said, I met, they did such a great job casting. The people on the show are amazing. I have, so many new friends um, as a result of it. In fact, like we are planning as we speak a reunion trip for a big um, group of us in Nashville in a couple of months. So we talk, we have a huge group chat of over 30 people going on that we talk almost every single day. So that to me is probably the coolest part of the whole experience. Um, it was amazing to meet The Rock. It was amazing to get to be part of, you know, an experience like that. And yeah, I just have to kind of focus on the positives and let it go. <laughs> So how, how much exposure did you get to the rock in that, in that time? Not nearly as much as you'd think. Um, it was, it was pretty much like when, what you see on camera is what, what we got. So he's a busy guy, you know, incredible role model, but yeah, it wasn't like we were spending like a whole lot of time with him. Yeah. So what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you the first question again. So, cause you are clear as a bell right now. So okay. I can get a clean cut of that answer. So you go to the Titan Games. What was, what was that experience like? It was honestly overall a really incredible experience. Um, I will say that it was different than I kind of expected. Um, you know, I was disappointed to not get to move past that first round because I'm a competitor and I don't like to lose. But at the end of the day, I just have to be thankful for the opportunity, thankful that I got to meet so many amazing people and just be part of a big experience like that. Great. See, we're like TV too. We can just cut it, edit. Move I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just, I just have one last question for you. And thank you again for doing this. Um, I, I, watch, I watch your Instagram like every day. And you're always making these pancakes and waffles that look amazing. Every time I try to make a pancake waffle or, or a protein pancake or waffle, epic fail. Really? What, what well, is the secret? I think honestly, one of the biggest things is the type of protein. Um, I'm a huge fan of the protein that I use in the company in general um, that I use to make those waffles. Um, but it really, it's just about using a high quality protein that is going to mix well with that batter. So I, I just think it's funny because I love breakfast. If you haven't noticed by now, it is like the one thing that's on my story almost every single day because I could eat breakfast every meal of the day. Um, but in my normal life, pre-COVID, I didn't have time to sit and make these fancy breakfasts. I usually work out early and I go right into work. And so I'm usually like, you know, 
know, shoveling oatmeal down my throat as I'm driving to my first patient, that type of thing. So when COVID hit, it was one of the things that I was grateful for where, hey, I can sit and actually make my breakfast in the mornings. And so for a while there, I think I was having protein waffles like every day. <laughs> kind of backed off a little bit since then. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a good way, you know, for me just to like, you know, it's good quality nutrients. I eat a lot of food to support the training that I do. Um, but yeah, and I think part of it for me too is just showing people like, you know, we, we have these like notions about certain foods, like, oh, I couldn't possibly eat waffles. And I'm always there to say like, yes, you can. You just may have to, you know, manipulate it a little bit, make it a little bit healthy, healthier. Um, but yeah, I will I'll have to send you some protein and you can try it out and see if it changes. But um, okay. I think that's something the biggest secret. So you just mix the protein with a regular pancake batter or waffle mix batter? Yep. I'm a big fan of the Kodiak cakes because um, it already has some protein in there. And so, yep, just do a half cup of Kodiak cakes, one scoop of protein, mix it up with water and throw it in my uh, waffle iron and it comes out awesome. <laughs> yeah. That alone is the tip I needed for, for having you on. And now I'm, I'm happy. Yep. No. <laughs> Oh, leave here and have some afternoon protein waffles. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, we're actually doing a nutrition challenge. Um, yep. We have I have three co-hosts. Kat's the only one that was able to make it today. But um, yep. we're boys against the girls. Uh, we have to hit our macros every day. I love it. Um, get our sleep, get our water, yep. all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, that may be the tip that takes me to the championship. <laughs> amazing it's just for me you know I like to enjoy my food and I think that's something that when people you know feel like they're dieting they think I have to eat you know chicken and rice and broccoli for every meal and I just feel like that type of eating is not sustainable when I did bodybuilding shows pre-crossfit it was not sustainable and I had a very poor relationship with food um, following that experience so for me my journey with nutrition has been you know, really focused on how do I make this sustainable and how do I enjoy myself and feel like I'm not deprived. So when I'm able to incorporate things like that, where I feel like they're hitting my, my numbers fine, I'm getting the protein that I need. Um, and I'm actually enjoying it when I'm eating it. Like that's what sets me up for success. So I don't feel like I need to go out and eat, you know, a pile of cookies or something like that. Like that to me, it's like a treat and it's tasty and it makes me feel good. So yeah. I'm on the protein waffle train forever. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for taking time um, and telling us a little bit about the Titan games. We've been watching the whole time. Uh, we were yep. rooting pretty hard for you. Uh, well, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we got two uh, weeks. Oh so yeah. It's going to be a fun, fun finish. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'd love to have you back another time. We'd love your tips, your tit, your tricks. And hopefully yep. we'll get to talk to you as uh, maybe a games athlete in the future. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I'm hopeful that, you know, things will hopefully calm down for next season. Um, sounds like listening to what Castro is saying that there could be some interesting changes. So I'm just kind of sitting around waiting to see what happens and trying to stay on top of things, you know, as best I can in the meantime. Yeah. Well, good luck. And we'll Thank talk you. to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. Care, Bye, Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. So a big thanks to Kelly for, for jumping back on with us and talking about um, the Titan games and kind of like some of the things that we as viewers don't always understand. Um, but really the big takeaway from it is, is it's a TV show. It's not really a competition uh, and they make the rules and it goes uh, the way they want it to go. Right. So uh, 
And I can't wait to try her uh, protein pancakes to, to get some carbs and protein in, uh, in my nutrition plan so I can keep winning. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got some serious news to get to. And I started putting them on my phone so I can see them better. Uh, but we are, oh, and I do want to say Titan Games concludes this Monday night. So you're going to see Danny Spiegel, Matt Chan, Margot Alvarez, all of them come in to finish off the Titan Games and kind of see who is the Titan. Do we, do we think one of them is going to win? Do we think Margot or Danny will win? My prediction is Margot. Margot. Yeah. Because I think so too. My other prediction is that Danny's shoulder injury came from something at the end of this competition. Oh, maybe. That's interesting. Yep. Possibility. So I think no, she hurts watching. her shoulder and Margot is gonna win. Hmm. Okay. That's my that's my prediction. I can't wait to watch. All right. So we there's been a lot of talk. We talked about Dave being on um, the, the Masters Fitness Collective uh, a little over a week ago. And there's been a lot of talk since that, that the Open is going to move to February. So I wanted to put it out to you guys. What are your thoughts about the Open moving to February? I like it. There's only one thing I don't love about it, and it's not that big of a deal. The thing I don't love about it is because it's in February, we can't have the garage doors open and have fresh air and all of that in it. But that's just a minor thing because I, I just like that part of the raw aspect of, of working out in a warehouse kind of thing. But um, I, I, I really like um, it being in February. It also works better for my schedule. So, um, and I think it gives people a break, you know, especially right now. So yeah. the people meaning the athletes. Yes, and myself. Okay, I need a break. <laughs> My training. Okay, it's all, it's all about Amy. If <laughs> right. Let's move it for Amy. Who cares about anybody else? No, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand why they're doing it. And um, it gives me another six months to try to get a muscle up. So, you know, I've been trying for seven years now. We'll see me maybe too. this year's the year. Um, <laughs> considering, you know, considering I don't work on it at all. Um, but I wonder, and I know nothing's been officially announced, but there have been sanctionals that have put their stake in the ground and said, this is the day this sanctional is going to be. And there are clearly several um, that would be happening when this open could potentially happen. So I just wonder how that will work. Um, and I know Dave talked about, somebody talked about there being like a pro division versus an amateur division to sort of- Don't steal um, my lines. Oh, sorry. I'm just uh, About that. But I also, I mean, and Scott, you and I talked about this. I was also thinking or hoping that maybe, maybe the Open doesn't need to be a direct qualifier to the games. And maybe the Open is just a five-week festival for people that love CrossFit, that want to do a competition, you know, to do it. And it, it doesn't mean they can't still take the top 10 or whatever and, you know, qualify them for the games, but instead of it sort of being that be the focus, um, maybe there's something else to it. And then that way the dates don't conflict with those sanctional events. I mean, HQ is never going to put the sanctional events ahead of their own thing. So it's probably not how it's going to happen, but something's going to have to shift, I would think. 
So I, I have a lot of thoughts about what you just said. Um, one, if you take the, it as the qualifier away from the open, uh, and it doesn't have to be a direct quali- qualifier, but a, even a qualifier for other aspects of the process, it, it takes away the luster. I think the beauty of it is, as a sports fan, it's the one sport where we get to play, right? And, and I know I'm never going to, I'm never going to be in that elite level to compete against those guys, but I get to do the same sport on the same weekend as all of them. And it just makes you feel like a part of that sport, whether you had a realistic chance or not. The other thing that I, and I've heard a lot of people kind of talk about this stuff. I think if we as a group try to like put this into any of the existing patterns of what's been done, we're, we're probably not thinking in the right box. It, like, it, explain that. What do you mean by that? So we had two ways of doing things, right? Well, even more than that way back in the day, but you had the regional to the game, the open to the regional to the games. Then you had the open plus all these sanctionals to the games, right? Yeah. Plus national champions. I think to think that any, either one of those as they were is going to be what they do is probably a mistake. Um, I, I would hope that they would try to find, because I think the regionals had a drawback where if you're sick on the weekend of your regional, you're screwed. Yeah. No shot. We need some kind of hybrid model. Right. And the sanctionals were the wild, wild west. And you never knew if people were going to show up or not. So it, it, and, and the programming was all over the map and it just, I think they both had their drawbacks. Plus the sanctionals didn't give that what what Tommy and Sean always say is that easy explanation of how you qualify for the games. Um, so I just, I think that we, I think we should think of something new or a, or a hybrid of the two. Uh, Sean had actually something I thought was really kind of cool. Oh, except for, well, kind of cool. I, I think it could be modified some. And he thinks we should go back to the regional model, open regional games. And then like golf, when like the four majors are over, they have what's called the FedEx Cup. So it's a sponsored like second league of the year where guys can go. And it's actually a bigger payout than some of the main events on the PGA Tour. And what it is, is it's a point system. You can compete in whatever event you want to compete. You earn points depending on the place you finish. And then at the end of that series, the, man, the, man, the people with the highest points get, get paid money. And so it's a way for them to be a professional sport, kind of away from the, the main season and just go when they want to go. I'm, I like the hybrid model. I like the open. I like regionals and I like sanctionals. So I want it all. <laughs> I want well, it all. The one thing I think that needs to be addressed is there are way too many sanctionals. Sure. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, but if we could keep some of the main ones, you know, like Dubai, we could keep um, Wadapalooza, you know, like 
a, a certain handful that are big competitions that usually um, can, can draw some of the big names so that they can have that chance to be competing at other times with each other to, to prep, I think would be a benefit. And they could choose those, you know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see too which of the sanctionals continue on, uh, you know, assuming that's a way to qualify the ones that sort of took the place of the regional, right? Like West Coast Classic took the place of the, the West Regional. There, uh, there's probably a couple in Europe, maybe it was a Filthy 150 or, or one of those that sort of took place or took the place right. of the Meridian Regional. You know, there's gonna be some overlap and it might be redundancy for some of these competitions. And maybe that's the answer. Like the bowl games are for college football, like the Rose Bowl, the Citrus Bowl or whatever. I can't remember what they all are anymore, but the the, yeah. the one in Arizona, the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that's it. The Cheetah, the oh, Cheetos Festival, the, the Orange and the, Bowl, the, the Minute Maid. Yeah, they're all sponsored. But those go, those go, don't go to the national championship. They just they do are games. Oh, there are do. four. There are four that go to the national championship game, and but they all the rotate. Other ones don't. Correct. Got it. Okay. So you have a group of sanctionals, like say the big ones, like Wadapalooza, Reykjavik, uh, the Australian Championship, just so it's like around the world. Uh, mm -hmm. But they become like known as the regional qualifying event. Rival clash? Uh, probably not, <laughs> but okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm just, it's unfortunately, no one's listening to us and whatever we say doesn't really matter, but it's going to be really fun and interesting to see sort of how it all plays out. Yeah. yeah. And, and there are people know. listening to us. They just may not have the power to do anything about it. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's definitely listening to us. Your mom, so, your mom doesn't have as much pull as I would like her to have on HQ. Yes. Mary, help us. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. My mom is very resourceful. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so with this, you know, we're going through a period again where Dave is out there kind of leaking these little bits of information. So I want to pose to you, are we going back? Isn't that kind of the way it was uh, 2015 to 2018? And so there's like these rules being changed without anything formally being released by CrossFit HQ. Are we going down a dangerous path by this happening? I know we're excited because it gives us stuff to talk about. But, you know, the biggest complaint is transparency and understanding of what direction you're going in. And so leaking stuff on IG Live is probably not the best way to communicate to your, your community as a whole. Yeah, I'm not worried. I, I think... I think part of that is Dave being Dave and that's just kind of who he is, but I'm not really worried overall. I feel like that there was so much noise that happened and I feel like there's just so much noise in the world right now, you know, that um, people are still figuring things out. And I think, I think we need to give them a chance to figure some things out. Yeah. I also think, um, yes, I think Dave likes to sort of drop hints and things like that, but you have to remember I think this podcast occurred while Dave was still CEO and now he's not CEO. So it'd be interesting to see with the changing of the guard, if he continues to be 
you know, as loose lipped as he's been in terms of dropping hints and things like that, or what podcasts he does go on and what kind of things he does say, um, that maybe, maybe the environment is going to change and that they're going to keep the, some of that stuff a little closer to the vest. And he's still probably officially CEO today because the government has not given approval on the sale yet. Right. I think they say that's coming next week. And then everything should be done and finalized at that point. But, but yeah, so there's really nobody to check him at this point other than a future boss. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so I just, I was curious to get your take on that because of course we love diving into all this stuff. Um, but I, I think that CrossFit eventually is going to need a more professional approach. Yes, I agree. But again, I think change takes time. And I think we've got to, to give that some time. Okay. All right. So I want to talk now about that, you know, they thought, we thought Eric was going to buy CrossFit with his own cash. He ended up bringing in uh, an investment company. Uh, it was revealed that it's more of a uh, growth capital type of an investment. So it's specifically a bringing money to help grow the new business with Eric. And so Kat actually sent me uh, an email. I think it was over the, about five days ago, maybe, where there were some serious concerns about that aspect of the sale. Because there are a group of growth capital investors that turn and burn. So I kind of wanted just to talk about that and see what your thoughts on that were. Um, I know, Kat, you read the email. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that, you know, this, in, this, um, this firm is backing him, I think just at at the very least deepens his pockets, right? To be able to, you know, if, if his vision is to really grow the sport and to get it, you know, professionalized and, and all that kind of stuff, it's going to take a lot of money to do that um, with the media that they need and the exposure and all that. So um, I'm not necessarily that concerned about the fact that there was this, you know, private equity company as part of it. I think it might help actually force some, some deeper structure to the corporation that, you know, was always lacking before. Um, not that Eric couldn't do that on his own, but I think now that you've got this sort of other party involved, it, it, it might um, help force your hand a little bit to do that. Um, I also read that there was like 1% of the company is going to Greg Glassman's ex-wife and his kids or something. Um, nobody's really talked about that, but you know, again, that makes sense. Like he's protecting his future and, and whatnot. Um, and a non-voting share or whatever it is. So, you know, that party doesn't have any control. They're just, you know, reaping some benefits from the company. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure what to make of it. It would be great if Eric could say something about it, you know, to sort of quell people's fears or their suspicions in terms of what he intends to do. And, you know, that's his prerogative, whether he, he intends to do that or not. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I think... So I think like, yeah, that, that investment company wants return on their investment. That's why they do what they do. So they're going to want to see growth and their money coming back to them 
uh, in order to, to stay on and, and stay with it. Or they're going to sell off and maybe they sell off back to Eric once they grow to a point uh, where, where that's okay. But um, I did see where this, this specific equity firm, they're, they're, this isn't their first venture into growth capital. They have like 20 some clients currently uh, and their average duration with those clients is about five years at this point. Uh, so yeah, it's, I was just say, if I'm, if I'm running the ship of that investment firm and you know, I see Eric Rosa in our, in our sites and I see this guy who sold his business to Oracle for a kajillion dollars. I mean, he's a pretty safe bet. Probably, probably going to be the guy that's going to come into anywhere. They probably could care less that it's CrossFit, you know, just whatever it is, you know, this guy's going to be able to come in and make something out of, out of less than, and, and really grow it exponentially no matter what it is. So there are no dummies. Well, and I think the plus side is, is it's not going to be one man's vision of what he wants to see CrossFit be. It, they're, they're trying to make this a legit business and sport. Yeah. Right. With and so that, that, that's the thought process that is going to have to happen to make these investors happy. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Um, so we're off to our stupid questions of the week. And Amy's been complaining all day, but <laughs> our first stupid question of the week is what is the worst movie you ever saw? And because Amy's complained, we're going to let her go first. Okay. Well, listen, I was complaining because my thought was, listen, when there's a bad movie, I just stop watching it. And then I don't remember what it's called, but because you were pressuring me. I <laughs> really was, okay, I'm gonna tell you the most recent one that was a bad movie. And it was on Netflix. And I like stupid movies sometimes, like stupid movies that will make you laugh. But this one was really stupid and not a lot of laughing, but it was with Will Ferrell and it's Eurovision. What's the, what's the um, girl's name on there? Rachel McAdams, I think. Oh yeah, she was in like Sherlock Holmes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like her, but it just it was a lame movie. Cat, what do you got? I haven't seen it. All right, so I kind of have two. Um, one's going to surprise you guys. I no longer think it's a bad movie, but when I walked out of the theater from Forrest Gump, I hated it. Hated it. I know. I can see that because it's so long and no, it was so unbelievable. Like all of the little things that happened that they injected there. The the part that makes it the most endearing and sweet <laughs> part, my intellectual realistic brain like could not wrap my head around it and I hated it. And I'm telling you, it's one of my most it's one of my favorite movies now. I will watch it if it's on. Um, but I shocked everyone in the family when I left and said how much I hated that movie. But the movie I really hate is the movie that my husband and my son could watch all day, every day, and they pretty much do, it seems like, when they're flipping through the channels and it comes up, they just leave it on and I just leave the room and it's National Treasure, Nicolas Cage. Cannot stand it. I hate adventure movies, I hate sci-fi, I hate all that stuff and it just, I can't stand it. So how do you really feel? I'll leave it. I'll leave the room. If you ever want to get rid of me, put it on. And it's on like every channel, every day, all the time. So 
God bless Nick Cage and all the royalties he's getting from that shitty movie. I said it. <laughs> all right. So I have, I have a, I have a few just because I kind of have two categories. I have like, so my first two are movies that I was so gung ho to see and they were just bitter, bitter disappointments. Uh, and the first one is Rocky five. I am a Rocky, a holic love Rocky. Uh, in my world, Rocky five doesn't exist. Um, if I buy the box set, I'm going to throw that disc away. <laughs> That's great. It's just terrible. I uh, should have never been made. Is that My, the one uh, where he's, he's a coach and he's like bringing up some young boxer and he yeah. fights like the son of Apollo or the son of Drago or the son of somebody? No. No. No, those are the Creed movies. Those are different. Okay. Now, this is way back like in the early 90s. Tommy Morrison who is a real boxer played this. It's, it's dumb. I don't even want to tell you about the premise. It's so dumb. So it wasn't even Sylvester Stallone. It was, Okay. but he was a coach to this kid. Got it. Okay. And it ends with a street fight. Stallone and this kid is kind of turned on him and they fight in the streets of Philadelphia. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Total disappointment, uh, huh? Yeah. The other one is green lantern. Green Lantern as a kid was my favorite comic book hero of all time. And Ryan Reynolds is one of my favorite actors of all time. And putting them together, I went to the movie theater at midnight to see the movie as it came out. Awful. <laughs> Awful movie. <laughs> Terrible. And then I have two movies that everybody in the world seems to love. It's kind of like your Forrest Gump thing. And I just, I hate, I hate them. So one is very recent. Uh, and we kind of talked about this the other night, Kat, is that I do not like Quentin Tarantino. Um, mm. But I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That is three hours I am never, ever getting back of my life. It was awful. You know, you, heard, heard of it. you can just stop if you don't like something. You can stop watching it. Well, it, it had just enough story that you're like, okay, maybe, maybe it'll get better. And it, and it parallels the Charles Manson story. Mm -hmm. And then the end just totally, I, I don't want to spoil it for people who want to sit through this crap, but, <laughs> um, but it's just dumb. And then the other one is Bull Durham. All my friends love Bull Durham. I just don't get it. I can't, I, I can't even stand to sit through it. I've tried like three or four times. Terrible. Is that a baseball movie? It yeah. is. Kevin Costner. Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. Yeah. Mm. All right. There aren't many baseball movies. That I, you know, and I'm a baseball mom, but there aren't any baseball movies that I really like. The Paul Newman one was pretty good. You need to have your son watch Summer Catch. Summer Catch. Okay. It's with Jessica Biel. Oh yeah. He'd like that. Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. It's in, it's in my rom-com. One of my Scott's like favorite movies that he'll watch over and over again. <laughs> my, my favorite rom-com baseball movie is For Love of the Game. Different oh, Kevin Costner movie. Kelly Preston. Yeah, that's a good one. What? Dead. What? Kelly Preston. She's she dead? Yeah. yeah. When? Cancer. Yeah, just recently. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. I miss that. Didn't she used to be married to 
Sylvester Stallone, right? Or uh, John Travolta. John Travolta, the other guy, yeah. All right, so let's do, this one's a little more fun, a little more positive because Amy's all about positivity. And that is, you know, in, in boxing and wrestling and baseball, you have like entrance music when you come to the plate or you come out to the ring. And so I ask you, what would be your walk-up music? Who's, are you asking first? Uh, we're gonna go to Cat first. That's mine. It's called Raise Hell by Dorothy. Okay. It's, it's kind of like my PR song too, but I knew I had to play it because you guys wouldn't know what it was. So That's, true. That's accurate. But you know, it's funny when we were, uh, when Braden was looking at schools to go to for baseball and I wanted him to go to Rice real bad because it got like a medical center right there and whatever. Um, I went and looked up them on YouTube, you know, to see like their videos, they usually have like a promotional video for their baseball team. And that song was their song for the promotional video. I'm like, you have to go there. That's like, oh, that's my song. <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. So Amy? Well, I'm bringing sexy back. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. That's my fake song. Uh, really, I just love Justin Timberlake. So I was trying to think of it, but Okay, here would be my real theme song. Uh, Just Dance by Lady Gaga. Because when in doubt, dance it out. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So mine is House of Pain, Jump Around. Love it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I thought just for funny thing, now that I'm a podcaster, it should be the neon trees. Everybody talks. Because we're podcasting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that one. (laughs) Just because of what I do. Uh, But really house of pain is the, is my jam. Love it. Yeah. That was a fun one. I couldn't, I had trouble picking because I have a couple, but. I tried to pull it up, but something's happening with my Spotify. So. Okay. Um, but anyway, I do want to talk about our guest for next Monday. This is kind of the time we jump in and, and talk about that. And so we've been sitting on this one for a few weeks because we were hoping to release it uh, right before Mayhem Madness um, because she was going to compete on a team at Mayhem Madness. And so what, so who it is, is the third member of the meat squad that we will have had on the show, and that is Kelly Baker. Awesome interview. It is. It was so good. Yes. Blew me away. Not yep. not at all what I expected. Um, she is so smart um, and has such big plans for kind of globally, pl- more plans globally than like her individual goals. Uh, and that's just about... Um, well, let's leave it as a surprise because it, it, would, it really caught us off guard when Kat and I talked to her. Um, and she was really passionate about a couple of things that she wants to fight for. And, uh, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, I didn't know much about her at all beforehand. And you know, I did a little bit of research, but oh man, I, 
I love her. She's great. Yeah. You guys are going to love her. So that brings us to Amy's favorite segment of the week. This time I am super excited about it. It is my favorite thing from the internet. And I'm going to go first because I never go first. Okay. So uh, I have a couple. One's, a couple, one's really short. Every so time. You always have a couple. You don't have to say that. Just, just you need <laughs> I have a nice, I have a funny one and I have a sad one. (laughs) So the first thing I'm going to say is if you have not seen Redacted, uh, it's CrossFit Media is putting out, they're basically behind the scenes looks um, of the games team getting together and going over like the events that are going to happen at the CrossFit games. But like the, the whiteboard behind them is Redacted. Um, the equipment in the room is redacted. Um, they bleep out words that come up that may give away what the thing is, but you kind of hear everything around it. But all of that is redacted either by blurred out or a black spot or, or uh, uh, an omission of the, the audio. And so it's really cool. They have two episodes. The first one is just the team talking about kind of what they want to do. And the second one is when the athletes came out to test the workouts. So Sean Sweeney, uh, Jason Carroll, and Alessandra Pacelli uh, testing the workouts and kind of the feedback given to Dave. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, The other thing is just a fun one from our friend Christy Aramo O'Connell. She did a little video of a lake workout that she did uh, here in Ohio. And it just was cool to see, you know, I, I just love water. So to watch her swim in the water and then they, they brought a ski erg. So she'd hop out of the water, get on the ski erg, uh, do some stuff. And it was, that was really fun. And then the last one is, you know, if anybody knows me, I am not, I am not a Buckeye fan at all, but I sent this to Amy. It came from TikTok. So Brutus, the Buckeye, the mascot of the Ohio state Buckeyes is in the kitchen kind of dancing and he has two pieces of bread in his hand and he flips them like that. They go across the kitchen and they never leave the camera's view and both pieces land in the toaster. Oh, how is that freaking possible? Cause it's Brutus. <sighs> and for me to give kudos to Brutus, the Buckeye <laughs> would take a feat like that. Um, Cause yeah, it's just flip and it goes and they bounce like they hit the little spring things in the toaster. Unbelievable. Got to check it out on TikTok. Funny. So Amy. Okay. You guys. So this is something I actually posted this on our CrossFit community page, but I found this video. I, I don't know how I came across it, but it's, it's somebody, she's like a, a instructor for a a workout and I was laughing so hard because number one, it's like dancing and music to it. And I was like, I could totally see myself coaching this class of this type of fitness thing. And it was these like kangaroo booty boots, like that have like almost like individual trampolines on the feet and they're just going around and dancing. And so I post that and I was like, how many of you guys think you could see me coaching this? And everybody's laughing. They're like, we can't wait to see that, you know, all that. And your husband posted a picture of 
a person in a body cast and another meniscus surgery. Right. Which I've already had two meniscus surgeries. So, you know, he was worried about that. Well, <laughs> I went out to dinner with my dad tonight and I don't know you, you guys, Scott, you might know this, but my dad's love language is gifts. And so, no. Oh, oh yeah. <gasps> <laughs> oh, oh yes. Oh, I love it. Get video of that, please. I'm going to get my GoPro out. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to get some footage of Amy trying out the boots. And it will be in a future episode of this podcast. So wait, how did your, is your dad on the community page? he's a member of our gym. Oh, I love it. Okay. That's adorable. First of all, that he would get you those. I'm so excited. But it's also funny because Schweitzer uh, tagged on there. He's like, oh, just so you know, you can, when are you going to order those from Amazon? And then. That's what he did. Yep. What size are you, Amy? Uh, nine. Mm. Mm. Never mind. I can't borrow them. So cat. Oh yeah. It's my turn. Um, I watched. <laughs> so Armin had his award ceremony for. <laughs> Shut up, Amy. <laughs> I just love his award, his brain. He's award ceremony for the sneaky fit thing that we all ghosted him on. First of all, I'm very upset that we did not follow through and form teams for them because it would have been really fun. So if he does it again, we have to commit to doing it. It's a few hours of your day. Totally fun. Well, anyway, in all fairness, I did have a torn muscle. You still could have done it. Doesn't matter. There were people with no rowers doing rowing workouts in their living rooms. Like it was just for fun. Like it was amazing. However, so he gets in a jacket, he gets all dressed up, right? And he's going through like all the names and he's giving the prizes and everything. And then, like all award shows, they took a moment of silence in memoriam for regionals, <laughs> the October Open, national champions. <laughs> it was precious. It was so good. Um, so check that out. I'm not going to ruin it for you at all and tell you who he named as the winner of um, the best team name, but there were some great team names in there and they, he discusses sort of his rationale behind choosing. And actually the people that won prize money for the best team name got more money than the people in the RX division that actually won through the merits of their exercise fitness. So it was just super cool. So check that out if you get a chance. Number two, Instagram, our buddy Ryan Elrod, posted a shoulder tap challenge, a 30 second shoulder tap challenge, um, freestanding handstand, of course. Um, he did 73 shoulder taps in 30 seconds. Just saying. Yeah. Wow. You're welcome. Check it out. Yeah, I, um, I did see a, um, some of sand this week. Um, scale mm-hmm. is needed with with Armin, um, and he did say some games athletes signed up for the RX division. Yes, uh, they weren't like paired games athlete with games athlete. They just were like with a buddy at the gym, yep. but they they didn't turn in scores because they didn't want to take away from you know what kind of the premise of this fun competition was. But they went ahead and did the workouts anyway. Yeah. And that the episode that he posted on the awards is like, it's like 11 minutes long. It's an easy, it's an easy listen, but oh my God, he's, he's smart. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that how you feel? 
Do you know when I, when I first, before like we did this podcast, actually before you and I met Scott, I had DM'd him like last November because I'd been watching his scale as needed thing. And I thought to myself, he really needs some like feminine energy in this podcast. I should, you know, offer, offer to be a part of it. And I literally like threw myself out there and was like, Hey, if you ever need like a girl who knows everything about CrossFit and you know, wants to do on your podcast, let me know. Like, sure, Kat, come on in. So anyway, I got my own now, so I don't need him. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is our show for the week. And make sure you like, subscribe, comment. I am sure we're going to get some comments in some of the movies we picked uh, that people are not going to agree with that are so bad. Um, and tell us what your warm-up or your walkout music should be. I'd love to see kind of what you think you should walk out to. So that'd be awesome. We love it when you guys get interactive. Uh, so the more, the better. And then be on the lookout because we're going to do uh, a t-shirt and coffee mug giveaway. And I'm giving away two sets. One is just going to be one of those. Um, make sure you follow us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram and tag some buddies. The other one is going to be a little more fun and uh, we'll see how that goes. And so just for a free t-shirt and a coffee mug and just have some fun with it. So be on the lookout for that coming in the next day or two. And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.